Hello and welcome to Enchantment, a Dragon Age Let's Play podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Manny. And this is episode 101 of Enchantment. Here we go again. Yes, this is, um, you haven't missed episodes 32 and on. <laughs> um, this is a special episode. Special, because we're all special. 70 episodes deleted from history. Deleted How from history. Happen? What happened in them? There was a scandal. Just like Stevan. I was kidnapped. Was I uncovered? Last time on Enchantment, Manny was sent to outer space. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, if only. If no. Only. It's like Jason uh, X. You're probably safer up there. A safer, exactly. I'd be safer. <laughs> from, from the world. From the world, from the chaos that is our world. But no, um, this is our hiatus, and this is just our numbering convention to indicate when you look at an episode number that this is not normal, that, th- that we are not normal right now. This is not normal, but that's okay. It's okay that things aren't normal. You know, yes. we, 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 it's okay to not be normal, kids. And that's my, that's that's my message. And it's also okay to release an episode every other week. Because yes. that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yes, every other week because, you know, we're done with Dragon Age 2's main story. Yes. Uh, during this hiatus, we will be covering the DLC. Yes. Uh, we will be covering uh, books. We will. And we will be covering a movie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, there's a movie tied to one of the DLC and also tied to Felicia Day. From, yes, from um, my understanding. Which, which is funny because... Um, uh, I have experience with Felicia Day. You do. Um, prior to Dragon Age, I kind of knew that she was in a video game movie. <laughs> I had <laughs> no idea didn't. what the series was. And now I knew look about at you the, now. I knew about the Dragon Age movie before I even knew about Dragon Age itself. <laughs> that that is a very specific like set of circumstances. <laughs> yes, because um, I actually met Felicia Day twice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's a very nice person, very cool person, very funny person. But um, so I'm excited. We to can see. follow that when we get there. When we get there, we'll, <laughs> that we'll is like a, a while. From and I'm now. pretty sure that she's also in a DLC. Yes, she is. Her her character is like one of the characters in the DLC. Yeah, which kind of scares me because I've seen the model and it's like it's really creepy. Whenever <laughs> they uh, put a person of real life into a video game, it works now. Yeah, but it did not work during the PS3. Well, at that point, what was it? Just like, did they just make a model to look like them as opposed to like, yeah, but like an actual face? But a actor? little too well, a little too well. Like, I I won't <laughs> compare it to like the Call of Duty game that has Ronald Reagan in it, and it no, looks it's like more Ronald like Reagan. it's more like Kingdom Hearts two, possibly like Kingdom Hearts two Johnny Depp. But we'll get there. We'll yeah. we'll see it for ourselves when we see it for ourselves because we haven't yet at this point. We haven't seen it no. Uh, but today. We are here to discuss Dragon Age 2 in its entirety. Yes, the whole thing, because we, we could talk about it. We could talk about the main mission, the main Except story. for the DLC. That doesn't count as entirety, I guess. It's no, <laughs> Dragon Age that, 2. That, that's its own separate thing. Original story. See, I'm, I'm Plus Sebastian. interested. Um, I guess I'll... Can I ask this now? Please. Um, does the DLC take place before or during... Uh. <laughs> So the DLC takes place during. During everything. So you can technically do it at any time. Okay. But I felt that it makes most sense to do a post game. Yeah, since it's since I, I don't, content. Yeah, it's not like uh, 
like in spirit, I feel like it. I mean, I've never played the GA2 DLC, but from what I understand, it's more kind of like Golems of Agmarak type and like witch hunt types content as opposed mm-hmm. to just like this is a little story in the middle. Uh, but if it ends up being a little story in the middle, then we'll just deal with it. Uh, but yeah, like if you boot up the game after you beat it, from what I read, it said that uh, like your characters will just kind of be in Hawk's house and it's like, we're just <laughs> like, just, everything is just like before it ended. Um, so that should be fun. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting experience after everything that's happened. It'll be I like, know. oh, but would it be every character or only some of the characters? From what I understand, it's the characters that like, ended the game still with you so i think we would have everyone but isabella and sebastian okay yeah because everyone else we have even bethany yeah bethany's with us so and i think well we'll talk we'll we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there when we get there but today we're gonna focus on the main story um yes a very thrilling story um i will say it up front right now bold statement Okay. I like Dragon Age 2 more than Dragon Age Origins. Uh, just like in general or story-wise? General. general. As a whole package? As a whole package, I think better constructed, a much wow. more engaging story. I would say I felt more emotionally attached to our character uh-huh. uh, in this game than... I mean, I was emotionally attached to Stevan, but Stevan suffers the... Uh, silent protagonist syndrome yeah even though he's not silent like he does say stuff he just doesn't actually say them out loud and exactly. i feel like it makes a difference it does make a difference if once i can actually hear my character speak i feel like they're in the world more yeah well how it felt like i'm gonna compare it like this um us playing as Stevan, i felt like we had we were in control of the situation but he wasn't a fully realized character like he yeah. was just us Right. He's he's just like a vessel. Yeah. While Talia, we are like um the emotions from inside out telling her what to say. <laughs> right. As but opposed she's to just, actually saying Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Especially I think it also adds to it that that Stevan died. Yeah. Because like the the fact that he died and the world is going on, it feels even more like he was just never there at all. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, granted, he was erased from our history. <laughs> right. <laughs> So Talia, like Talia, is still out there. Yeah, Talia's and she, out there. And she, she's in- like, uh, if she were to ever appear again or 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 influence anything again, she is her own thing. Whereas Stevan will never be anything beyond what we've done with him. Stevan you know? is a memory. He is he he is the foundation of what was built. Yeah, in this series of our, our Dragon Age storyline. Mm-hmm. Talia is the fully realized character, right? That we I hope, have. Yeah, and I feel like part of the reason that Talia is fully realized, and uh, this might also be controversial. N- not saying that I think this is the like correct way to go about making a game like this, but because like we had a set background, yes, that background tied much more into the main story. Whereas, like, it's I think it's cool that uh in dragon age origins you can choose your origin story and you have all these different backgrounds but beside like outside of that origin story um like it doesn't really impact the rest of the story there's like Mm -hmm. only references uh whereas with 
Talia, every like your family and your backstory is always a part of the story because that's the only one possible. Yes. So I feel like that also adds to her feeling like her own character. And I will also add that in Dragon Age 2, I felt much more of a relationship or connection with mm-hmm. the world, the, the setting at large. I think having it done in one specific city yeah. made it much more engaging because like, I don't feel shit for there are some places in Dragon Age Origins that I have a connection to, I would say, right. in a way. Like, I feel um, connected to, in Origins, like, Redcliffe yes. and the Mage Circle. And but like, it, Yeah, Denerim. But uh, let's say the the forest. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the random forest. Like, the forest where the werewolves were. Like, Well, I'm then again, finished. I do have a feeling about Orzammar. I will say Orzmar. I think of all the areas in Dragon Age Origins, <laughs> Orzmar left the biggest impression because of how <laughs> shitty it was. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's for me. I think that Origins did a very good job at making like all the different locales and stuff feel important to me. Yeah. Uh, and so having it in one place is a big like departure for the series. Yeah. But I think it's like I still like that they made the decision because. I feel like it shows the versatility of their storytelling, you know? Yeah. Like one well, story in the same exact world is all across the, the country. Yeah. And then this one is just in a single city. And yet it still um, like belongs in the franchise just as much. Well, you know I what? Know I, I, I will say that it's, it's quite cliche and quite uh, this... Um, I'm going to call it the Dragon Age Trilogy because as of now, the fourth game has come out. And also, I have not <laughs> yes. played the third game, so this theory mm-hmm. might not come true. But usually in trilogies, f- the first installment yeah. is very standalone. Right. It does Which like, Dragon Age Origins is very standalone. Very, yeah. With While, like sequel hooks. Yeah, like the first one, it establishes the world and establishes mm-hmm. characters and all that. Once it comes to sequels, usually the second and third connect more yeah. as t- a two part of the story. Right. Um, and they probably like, if Dragon Age 2 was Dragon Age 1, that would be really weird. Because yes. it would be like, why are we in this one city? Like, where are the, all these elves coming from? Where are these doors coming Like, what's the deal? Yeah, exactly. But because we already saw the world, it makes a lot more sense to to confine it. Yes. Otherwise, it would just be so, like, so much missed potential. Like, why are we in one place when there's apparently this whole fantasy world that we're just not seeing any of? <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and I'm excited because I, I want to ex- explore Thetis and go mm-hmm. through the different kingdoms and different countries uh, right. and how they've run, which is why I like Dragon Age 2, what, that it wasn't in Ferelden, because, like, oh, we've already been here. That's we don't true need too. to do this. It's yeah. it's redundant at this point. I know how shitty this world is. Um, and then we, it turned out we went somewhere even shittier. <laughs> even shittier, which makes me like, wow, Pharrell, this is kind of a great place. Even during that. <laughs> um, but no, it's just, I like, I have a, my prediction is that in Dragon Age 3, in Inquisition, yeah. that we're going to definitely deal with more of the uh, the mage uprising thing uh-huh um you might imagine that, i i could imagine because it, it's not done here and mm-hmm. how this ended is like oh there's a much it's gonna exp- 
expand in the next installment because imagine the third one did not even deal <laughs> i thought you're gonna i thought you're gonna say it's gonna explode it's gonna explode. The next, like it already exploded manny no no it's gonna it's explode it now it's gonna be a bigger explosion <laughs> um but no it's uh definitely it's i predict it's gonna be like that typical um mm-hmm. trilogy structure where first game is standalone second yeah. game and third game are kind of like the back-to-back uh, yeah. made games, even though there's a g- big gap between Inquisition and Yeah. And Something two. that I do like about the series and how it's structured while we're talking about it is that I feel like Dragon Age, in some ways, it's, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's an overarching story because your decisions transfer and, and it's one world even with yeah. all the different options. But... In some ways, it's also an anthology because Hmm. you're a different character each time. That's true. And like your companions are totally different and your situation is totally different. And you could play like any of them standalone, but it's also like builds upon the predecessors a lot as well. So it's like it both has an overarching story and is an anthology, which I feel like is interesting. You're just taking control of like whoever was important to that story at the time, you know? Yeah. And I'm just going to predict that Dragon Age 4 is going to tie into Dragon Age 1 more than the other two. More, into um, Dragon Age 1 more than the other two? Yes. Because Why? if it happens with the fourth, the fourth thing of everything always ties to the first one. It's like, what made that first one good? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go back to that. Like Indiana Jones 4. Even though they, they brought back a character that wasn't seen since the first movie. So there's going to be a character that gets brought back in Dragon Age 4. So 4 is when they feel like they have to to tie it back or else it'll look like they're they're flying off the seat of their pants. Exactly. It's like, Sten, what are you doing here? I don't know. They needed someone. (laughs) I was the only one that wasn't dead in your timeline. (laughs) It'll be Shale, Sten. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god who hasn't shown back this game takes place 30 years from now and i'm the only immortal one from the first game i'm the only immortal one from the first game <laughs> uh, and then the win is surprisingly still alive like, i'm still dying i'm, I'm still dying <laughs> it's like it's been, <laughs> you've been complaining about being old and frail for 40 years <laughs> No, she's lying. We remember how she wasn't awakening. She's like all <laughs> sprightly and like motivated. Like, I was with the hero Ferelden. <laughs> it's like, like, I thought your bones were breaking, Wynn. How are you still alive? Uh, uh, but bringing it back to Dragon Age 2, why don't we just talk through like, let's talk through what happened and see if we can find a theme throughout all of this and and uh remember the journey for what it was so let's get into it um starting from the very very beginning act one is where we begin not even act one. Oh, the prologue, the prologue. and not even the prologue because <laughs> the menu <it> <laughs> Well, it starts with Varric getting dragged by his arms. Do you remember? Yes, it was, he was getting dragged by Cassandra's by arms. people. Um, and now, you know what? I want to revisit that scene. I want to relook at that scene. Exactly. Because now that we know that it takes place, this entire interrogation is taking place in Talia's home, I yeah. want to look at the surrounding areas where he's being dragged from. 
and see <laughs> if it matches where we've ex- like explored in Talia's home, which is just the living room and upstairs. What yeah. room exactly were they doing this entire? Well, there's also a side room, which oh, is yes, like yes. where the DLC statues are. Oh, DLC statues. Well, so, yeah, it's like, do you want to do this mission? And it's just like a like a statue, and then you, and then you <laughs> hit the statue, and then the mission starts. Uh, but yeah, so I want to see where exactly this was. What incredibly dark room in Talia's mansion this took place in? Um, I mean, in my head, it's taking place in the stat in the DLC statue room, and they turn out the lights and they put on a little torch like right above him. <laughs> I mean, in the like in the opening, from what I remember. I remember it being super dark and all you saw was like the torch light. That's what like, I remember, I thought we were, yeah. I thought it was in like a fort. <laughs> so <laughs> did I. <laughs> your fucking house. Um, but yeah, so uh, Varric gets dragged into Talia's house and um, <laughs> then we hear uh, he gets thrown into a chair. and then. But why is he being dragged? That's another question I have. Yeah, because, you know, why isn't he like... Did, I'm wondering, did they? Well, here's the thing, because he's not a prisoner. Knowing we, the we ending, come to learn. did Varric run away with Hawk with Talia? He said they split up. Maybe he stayed. Oh, okay. like maybe he stayed in in uh, Kirkwall. So the and only everyone else left. The only one that's with Talia that we know of is Anders. Yeah, he said everyone split their way separate ways except for Talia and Anders. Yes, because. You know, we have to have a second season of My Terrorist Boyfriend. How can we How can we even continue? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like I Love New York. <laughs> like, I guess there's a second season. I guess there's a second season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, so um, Varric is jagged in. It looks like he, they're very violent, these, these people talking to That's him. That's what I don't understand. Because he's not a prisoner, yeah, we not, come to learn, right? He's, he's not, just... He's just being asked how this happened. I don't know who ordered this. I don't think Liliana would would make this very interesting. <laughs> no, this is Cassandra. This is her uh, domain. This is this is she. She already comes in freaking saying bullshit. Yeah, she's cursing. <laughs> she's already angry and and uh, aggressive. Maybe um. So in their minds. They, cause, okay, so at the end, they imply that, like, we're looking for the champion because we want her to help, like, resolve the issue. But at the beginning, it's framed as if it's, like, we want to find her. And kill so her. So we can make her pay for what she's done yes. to society. Yeah, like, that's how it's framed. So I feel like, I'm trying to think, like, was that, it, was it like a subversion where it's like you thought this was an interrogation, but they really are just trying to find Talia because they need her help? Yeah. Like, when I think back, and when we watch back, because we did like have to watch everything back after beating the game, I don't remember anything where it was like, oh, so that's what they meant. I mean, there he did say like, the chant- your chantry is in shambles and stuff like that. I do yeah. remember that. But there was never... I don't think there was any indication towards Cassandra's motivation. Yes. Like, there was never anything she said where it's like, oh, see, she does just want to resolve the situation. Exactly. Because I feel like... I I think that was missing. Even try to hint at what was the end result of this. They didn't want to spoil... They, all you know is that the chance That they were actually, uh, like, more of a benevolent... Yeah. ...force. Um, But yeah, so, like, Varric gets dragged... Uh, Cassandra throws a book at him and then he does his little arts and crafts intro. 
where um well no well is it arts and crafts because it starts with like not talia it starts with just like a random oh, like yes, white it was person the random uh two <laughs> sisters um and then because like, you choose that's your not class how it happened yeah you choose your class and your gender and then you fight like without creating your character as just some random person hawk yeah. with a blood stain on her nose and and it was it was the, it was just the the preview of what the battle system was going to be like right and then you beat everyone up mm-hmm. and then and then it's like all right bullshit tell me the story and the part that she called bullshit on actually happened because there actually was a dragon. <laughs> there actually was a dragon and there actually was a, uh, some freaking, um, what's it called? Um, dark spawn. So I want to play the version of the game where she didn't call bullshit and Varric <laughs> continued to tell the entire story with that like much embellishment. <laughs> I, well, we're going to have to like come up with like a thing for Dragon Age 3 for Inquisition. Because uh, yeah. we have to combine the two st- stories together. Because remember, in Dragon Age Inquisition, Stevan is the yes. Going- Stevan will be remembered by the world. Yes, and so all the inaccuracies that Varric threw in—that the, the hero was a female <laughs> and elf—it's not true. And that um, what's his face is still alive. Yeah, she didn't call bullshit on that. Why? Well, yeah, and she- uh, what's his face is alive. Um, oh, Logain. Logain is alive. <laughs> Varric's like, oh, maybe she, he was dead. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I don't get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like politics. I just... <laughs> so he doesn't even Which get is true, I think. Because he's like, oh, I'm done with all this fighting. So he, <laughs> I mean, he probably doesn't like politics. He doesn't like politics. And one, he doesn't even, is he from Ferelden? Is he from, he's from Orzammar. No. Uh, no. No, his brother's from Orzammar, but he grew up above ground. But mm. I don't think he's from Ferelden. Mm, oh, okay. I think he's just like from I don't know Kirkwall. It's like I've lived it, in Kirkwall. That's why I'm so gruff and tough. That's why I've I've lived in this hardened this place hardened me. <laughs> um. Uh, uh. But yeah, when we actually do get control of Talia, we escape Lothering. We meet our family and our lovely brother who was dead very early, very early, and I don't miss but him. I. Don't. I <sighs> I was just about to praise him. I was gonna so yeah, so to uh to to just wrap everything up before we talk about it, we meet our mother Leandra, our sister Bethany, our brother Carver, our dog Jules, and then we run into Aveline and Wesley, who mm-hmm. uh she's like a like a uh a soldier and he's a Templar, and then he dies, and then Carver dies. Yes. But I was gonna praise Carver. I was gonna say that uh, he died like protecting his mom from an ogre. He he uh, he tried to uh, be virtuous for his family. Well, you know what? I will accept that, but I will not accept the universe where Carver's alive and is an asshole. One thing that does confuse me about the fact that Carver, or the fact that Bethany could have died in his place, I want to know how that scene is blocked. Yes, because. Carver is a warrior, so it makes sense that he would get in the way. Mm-hmm. Bethany, if she gets in the way at this po- at that point, she's just sacrificing herself. Like I don't know what she intends to do if, if that's her maneuver. So I'm just I've got, like, what she's gonna put up her staff and be like, "Stop it! <laughs> like, don't hurt my family." It actually makes more sense to me that Carver would be the one to die, and also the depend like the one that survives. 
depends on your class. So mm. because we are either rogue or warrior, Bethany survives and Carver survives as a mage. But what does that have to do with who is in the way of an ogre? <laughs> I, I beats the fuck out of me, Brandon. Because <laughs> theoretically, it's like the world happens around us, and the only thing we impact is Our how Talia interacts with that. Yes. But what does being a mage, like in the butterfly effect of it all, what does being a mage mean for Hon- Bethany to die? Honestly, how they should have done it is they should have had you, they should have had your choice in what's going on in the situation affect mm-hmm. who was going to die. Right. So, yeah. like, let's say, oh, like, it, it could be like a little, like a little uh, trick where you'd be mm-hmm. like, Carver, come here! And then he's the one who actually <laughs> <laughs> and then he's in the way of you. <laughs> Remember in the beginning, like in the tutorial area where it's like, you handle this, Bethany. Yeah. And she did like a move. What if it was like that? Where it's like, oh, who do we want to kill that dark spawn? It's, it's like, like, you handle it, Carver. You, it's like, you handle it, Carver. And then he kills the dark and spawn. Then and then the ogre comes in and fucking him. kills him. And then like, it's like, oh my God, I literally decided the death. Of my brother. <laughs> I would have, honestly, that would have been amazing. I wish they did that. I wish it was just like, you handle them, Carver. And then he <laughs> And then for the entire game, you are left with this guilt. You're just riddled with guilt. Oh my. And like, I should have handled them myself. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Carver's dead. Also, Wesley's dead. Wesley's dead. Um, who, it, was, it was Aveline that did the finishing blow to Wesley, right? Yes, we we let her do it because mm-hmm. we we didn't feel it was our place, no. and she like she put his hand over the knife with hers. Yeah, and they stabbed him. Very sad. I mean, I would have done it because you know he was an asshole to my sister. <laughs> do it yourself? Oh, I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll slice his throat. I'll slice it. I'll slice it all day. You don't want a dirty apostate family to save you. <laughs> That's what I remember hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we and then Flemeth pops up. Yeah, Flemeth pops up in her new costume, even though this takes place during. Oh, I Origins. didn't think about that. Yeah, it, yeah. it takes place <laughs> this during takes place Origins, during... but she has this sexy, evil villainous <gasps> costume, and then oh. when she leaves us, just goes back to looking like an old lady in the woods. <laughs> yeah, she's she she's in like battle armor. Her hair is in like these horns, and then next time Stevan sees her, she's like. I'm Sam, an old lady. I'm just a little old lady with cookies. I also want to take control of my daughter's body. And then she kills Stevan and then <laughs> rewinds time and then we decide not to fight her. Uh, but yeah, this I assume this is somewhere in between initially meeting Flemeth and then fighting her. Yeah. Or not fighting her in our case. But point is, I, I imagine it's somewhere in between that. So maybe like when she intends to go out to battle, she wears this. Yes. But when she's just at home, this is like her bata. This is like... <laughs> this is like her nightgown. Yeah. Th- <laughs> that That's what she wears when she's just lounging at home. <laughs> I, have a, like, I have a feel like a, like a little funny sitcom thing where Morgan has no idea what Flemeth does on her off time when she's not there. Uh-huh. And it's like a funny thing. It's like Perry the Platypus. Where, where she... <laughs> <laughs> she goes out in this battle armor and does crazy badass shit. And then once Morgan comes home, she's in her little nightgown. It's like, I've been doing nothing all day, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's like my exactly ba- what it's my like. badass grandma is what it's called. My, it's always my something family member. Yeah, my, my something relationship. Yes. My dragon grandma. My, I love my dragon grandma. My dragon grandma. Even though it's her mom, but whatever. And then, like in the intro, she like when she makes cookies, she blows the fire. Instead of using an oven, she just blows fire. Yes. <laughs> I have to say though. Okay, so yes, Flemeth saves us. She burns down a bunch of dark spawn. She's all sexy, and then uh, she shows us how to get to Kirkwall. Yes. Um. And, oh, and we have a task to do for her. Yes. My thought now, now that that's the prologue, is there like a uh, what what thematic uh, elements progress from here? I'm trying to think of how this ties into say like where the story goes. And I'm not sure I can think of it I other than just I, like getting the characters where they need to be. I can't really think. I feel like this is just more of a building block. Like, I don't think the themes of the game start here. Mm-hmm. This is me. This is I. This is not, as you said, this is not act one. This is actually technically the prologue. Yes. Um, this is just how to set up where, how our characters get to Kirkwall. I think the thematic elements of mm-hmm. the game really start once you get to Kirkwall right um once you know after you get mm-hmm. off the boat that's where it starts because then you hmm. you really see you know what kind of place kirkwall is um i f- actually now that i think about it so there's a few frames of mind that i just thought of okay so it sets up like you said it's the building blocks to get the characters where they need to be it introduces the narrative structure of like the various time skips, the fact that it's being told as a story, um, whatnot. And it's sort of like symbolically, like if you were to play, have played Origins, it's like you're literally leaving Ferelden and yes. going to Kirkwall. Um, but then I'm also thinking in the character interactions, you do have Wesley, who is the Templar, who is clearly showing like prejudice toward Bethany. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's true. And th- I think that does set up the, uh, like that, that the theme of the, the Templars and mages sort of being at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. It doesn't set up like maybe if Carver was more sympathetic for Wesley and vocal about that, maybe that could have also set up the the like clash between those because we do know that Carver has the potential to become a Templar later on in the game. Yeah. Um, but but it does that that does set that part up at least. Yeah. But this leads us into actual Act One. Yes, where um, we where we make it to Kirkwall, we see the slave statues, the low bearing <laughs> state slave statues. Now that sets up. <laughs> a lot that's uh, that's to come later exactly um we can't remove them because the whole city would crumble oppression uh, is literally the backbone <laughs> of the society <laughs> it's, it's not even though slavery is gone from this city um oppression evil and yes. depression uh still remains i mean for christ's sake you still have a and, section called high town and low town who does and that? let's be honest so i just watched snowpiercer <laughs> yes <laughs> and in that movie the back it takes place on a train all of humanity is left on a train and yes. you have the back people and the front people and that's basically high town and low town yes um but like even more uh <laughs> like even more disparity but uh what i was gonna say was oh even though slavery is gone from the society 
it's still there. Like the remnants are still there. Yes. The slavers even are still there. <laughs> exactly. It's just like the that society that the feeling the just that aura of oppression is still racism even yeah the 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 society is still structured in that way and honestly that's what happens in real life too yeah like just because slavery is no longer allowed doesn't make uh racism uh disappear it doesn't make people's hearts change exactly their viewpoints i've had this conversation before many many times that history this the effects of history um yeah. are still felt today like i even told my dad i'm like we're still feeling the effects of world war ii even though <laughs> yes. it's been 70 years or more yeah. that, since it's been over uh-huh so and and uh you know what that ties back to what we were saying maybe in that same vein that's why as a mage bethany dies because you're still feeling the effects maybe something back when they were children <laughs> Bethany was like, I need to prove that I'm the better mage. And then she <laughs> goes and fucking kills herself. So do you think Talia, uh, if she had the decision, be like, Bethany, go attack them. And it's like she secretly wanted her sister killed. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, I do wish we had the decision to, to choose inadvertently who dies. But the uh, point is, uh, let's go through some of some of our moments here from Act 1. Uh, moments such as uh, basically in preparation for this episode I wrote down like little blurbs of what happened <laughs> and yes. what the sort of main missions are and maybe as we walk through them we can figure out how this all ties together yes Um. so it starts with us meeting Varric and trying to be part of the expedition that's literally the first thing we do mm-hmm. Um. after getting into the city which I guess that's part of the prologue yeah. Like that part where we get in the city and we arrive and we like I, have the, to you know set what, up a meeting with Gamlin. The prologue probably starts from, you know, the beginning of the game up mm-hmm. to the point where I think we meet Gamlin or like once it moves yeah. into that we're living in Gamlin's house. I think that like we literally skip, enter the city. The, yeah. The year skip um, is where is the it start. starts. Right. That's- so, right. So once the year skip happens, the first thing that happens to us is we meet Varric. And we're trying to get on the expedition, and he's like, I got your way in, because originally Bartrand denies us. But then a few things happen. We meet Anders, because he has maps for us for the deep roads, and Carl, his friend, is turned into a tranquil. We meet Meryl in Sundermount, and we do the Flemeth favor, where she tells us about how we're on the precipice of change and everything. Mm-hmm. We meet Sister Patrice. Sister Patrice. <laughs> Does Sister Patrice show up in Act 1? I thought she was an Act 2 person. She's in Act 1 and 2, because she, we smuggle out Katosian, and then she's like, we need to rid of the evidence <laughs> in the yeah. area. I, you know what I would say? I would say, we also, well, so Act 1 consists of, you know, us living in Kirkwall, us beginning in Kirkwall. Yeah. And uh, the expedition, Sister Patrice, uh, mm. some of the, uh, what's it called, the Kunari problem. It doesn't go ahead. Right. It's kind of just, with, it's with regard the, to Kunari stuff, the only real thing that happens is we meet uh, Javaris Tintop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, they have this dust. <laughs> this this bomb. And it's not magic. It's not magic. It's gunpowder. Um, and then uh, we like kill people and, and try to get that from him. That's really the only Kunari thing for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think there's also some side quest stuff with the Kunari, but that's like the main 
fucking Javaris Tintop. That's the most Harry Potter name <laughs> in this. Oh, Act One was also where uh, Seamus was captured. Oh no, we thought he was captured, but he was actually running away with them. Yes, and then did the guy blow himself up? He set himself on fire. And then fire. we met Talia's evil twin, and she was like, yes. "I'll kill you for some reason." Yes. Did um, someone blow himself up? Who, 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 the the Kunari who set himself on fire? Oh, that's the one with the Sister Patrice mission. Oh, okay. That's the one that we let out, and he was like, I don't want to be free. I need to die. Yes. Because that's what the Kuhn tells me to do. Yeah. Well, um, but I would say that runs, you know, a good thing that runs around um, yeah. Act 1 is a lot of betrayal or just, like, trust issues. Because okay. I feel like we get betrayed a lot in Act 1. Betrayed? How so? Uh, Sister Patrice sends us on a mission. And she act- okay. and she actually is the one doing the wrongdoing, and we thought we were trusting her, but she's the one actually doing the wrongdoing. When she comes back, she's like, okay. hide everything. So do you mean like, I guess, uh, expectations being like dashed? Yes, sort of. Because I feel like it's hard to say betrayal because we're still being introduced to yeah. so many people. But, but I see, I see what you mean, well, and we like, also have um. It, it kind of like builds Kirkwall to be a place where you can't trust anyone. Like we, yeah. Like we have um Bartrin who stabbed us in the back and locked us up. Right, that's the very Deep end. Road, Sister Patrice, um, the air shock, the air um, shock. Like Javaris is like, I'll do this for you, and and he's like, I'm not giving you my gunpowder. Exactly, and like it, like you can't trust anyone. Can't even trust our uncle. Talia's evil twin. Kali's uh, tries twin. to kill Seamus despite uh, being she's supposed to save him. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, Act One really is building up how totally. dangerous of a town Kirkwall yeah. is, and also and- the like the struggles within it. Like we're sort of seeing various um, altercations or, or stuff like that between the Templars and the mages and we see the Kunari. We're sort of being introduced to and the slavers that are around yeah. with Fainriel. He was captured by slavers. So like all the and then the racism toward the Kunari with Sister Patrice all of that sort of stuff I feel like is you're seeing the initial seeds of, of all these different conflicts. Yes and also we do have um like who are the specific characters that are introduced in Act 1? We definitely have Anders. Well, because I feel like companion. Each, each of the ca- every character gets introduced in Act One. Yeah, even Sebastian. He doesn't join our party. Till I act thought two. Isabella was in Act Two. No, everyone was in Act One. Oh wow! So like the only one who didn't join us in Act One was uh, uh, Sebastian. Oh wow! I thought I thought Isabella was Act Two, but I guess not. Um, no, that that's just where she did most of her yeah. important stuff. Well, each one does highlight. Um, a specific part of this, you know, society. Like you have each of the companions. Each of the companions. So you have like okay. Anders, who is closely tied to the main storyline. Um, how right. he's living his life as an apostate in Dark and the mage town. tranquil. Yeah, in like, Dark Town of all tensions. places. Do you, is Dark Town considered lower? Like even worse than low town. I think so. I think it's like literally underground. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then like the undercity. Meryl, who, you know, lives on the outskirts. And, yes. you know... He, she's an outsider. She's an outsider. That's how she's always I been. would say a lot of our characters are outsiders. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, pretty much even everyone. Even Tali's an outsider. The only person who's not an outsider is... Sebastian. Uh, Aveline. And she no. wasn't out... Like, 
I, I would say every single one is an outsider. Talia and Aveline and uh, Bethany are all outsiders because they came uh, but from But what Ferelden. I mean, sorry, the way I'm defining outsider, I uh, guess, is like, uh, like outside of the power structure. Sorry. Oh, uh, how I'm de- like is like where they started. Right. So, but like, where they say, yeah, they are literally all outsiders not from Kirkwall, I guess, except Varric, possibly. Yeah. Which I think on- is why he is the one that's closely tied to this storyline as well, because he is used to this. You know, he he's the one that gives us the mission. He's to- like the. Uh, he is. He's in our the amb- same way that he's leading us through the story. I feel like in the story, he's also leading Talia through. Kirkwall. Kirk he's our like ambassador. He's saying, I know this guy. Like he introduces us to Anders. He he's sort of the 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 expert. Yes. I'm gonna look up right now if he was born in Kirkwall because I don't want to be uh, just Wrong. basing all of our analysis on him being from Kirkwall and he's not even fucking from Kirkwall. Like he's from he's actually from Orle. Orle. Um. So uh, his family. This is off the Dragon Age wiki. His family were nobles in Orzammar, but his father was caught fixing proving. So we did hear this in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in Kirkwall. Okay, so he's the only non-outsider yes. of this of this group. So he really is the one, because he does introduce us to his brother. Who, uh, the right. ju- he, he does give us, you know, information about the, the expedition. So right. he really is our guiding hand through Kirkwall. And it is because yeah. of him and his, the expedition that we do gain notoriety mm-hmm. in Kirkwall. That's so interesting that you mentioned that all of the companions are outsiders. It reminds me of how all of the companions and origins are from disparate, like, societies, mm-hmm. right? Because in origins, you have, like, you have, An- uh, sorry, <laughs> not Anders. You have Alistair, who's sort of like the, the secret prince. Uh-huh. You have Eliana from the Chantry. You have Morgan, who's an apostate mage. You have Wynne, who's a circle mage. You have uh, you have Zevran, who's a Dalish elf. You have you know Dwarven, uh, Ogren, Kunari, Gollum. You know yeah. all these disparate things. And then here, in the same way that like the society's coming together is shown in the party. Yeah, the the city of Kirkwall being uh becoming this hub of of all these outsiders sort of is shown in the companions. Yeah, as well. well, I would it, it would be like so Dragon Age Origins. It was basically all the different factions of a country coming mm-hmm. together to fight this right. one, this overarching bad thing that, like, even yeah. though, like, some, you know, I'm not sure. Did did some races hate each other in Origins or did not agree with each other? I don't think there was anything where it's like, oh, elves hate dwarves. Like, yeah. I don't think there's anything that defined where it's oh everyone from this yeah. race hates this race, but there I mean there were tensions yeah like the elves and uh, the, the Danish elves definitely felt a certain way about humans yeah um but they also welcomed us as guests yeah when they figured out we were wardens so, and still were kind to us yeah. so, I mean, so it, I mean like the first game was pretty much just all the factions of a single country coming together yeah. to fight this one big thing that was a threat to their existence. Right. While in Dragon Age 2, it was a bunch of outsiders coming together to deal with an oppressive yeah. government that 
views. I, well, the, the there was uh, a mission that was about you know Ferelden aliens and immigrants, and they should be leaving this country. <laughs> there were multiple. There were multiple missions. I feel like because there was definitely that one. I know the one you're talking about is the one with the Aveline. Yeah. The guard captain was like, we have alien hands in our in our guards. Um, but there were also, wasn't there another one where people tried to beat us up? And they were like, oh, we didn't realize you're Pharrell and all hail King Alistair. Yes. Do you yes. remember that? That I was remember. act one. That was when we were looking for Anders. Yes. Um, so that I guess like, yeah, Kirkwallians or whatever you call them versus Pharrell specifically, but outsiders in general, I guess, was another... Yeah, sort of thread. That I, I would say up. it was just it was a band of outsiders for sure. I mean, even Meryl, yes, mm-hmm. she's she lives close to Kirkwall. She lives on the outskirts of Kirkwall, but elves themselves are treated. But as she's a second- never been there. Yeah, she's never been there, and she- and she's like, wow, this is where the elves live. Like, she's not she's not from this society. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said about how uh, Anders is tied to the main plot, and also the the Mage Templar stuff. Like Fenris, his story has a lot to do with the the slavery history in Kirkwall. Mm-hmm. Isabella, she has motivations tied with the Kunari. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian's super tied with the Chantry. So like all the different companions, in addition to being outsiders in in that like thematic sense, they're also oh, oh Meryl's a blood mage, right? They're yeah. they're all sort of tied to those different thematic threads as well. Yes. So I would say that's. A, a main through line through yeah. the game. It's just outsiders versus the uh, the oppression yes. of society. Even though we have, even with Aveline being part of the, you know, the big main, like in in the government, so to speak, uh-huh. she was treated differently. Um, right. And she was like, ex- yeah. for example, that, that, um, that mission. Like, even upon rising in the ranks, she's still not seen as one of them. By, exactly. Like, society at large, kind of. Yep. Which is the which is the opposite of the way you could view, yeah. say, Meryl's character, where she's the outsider and she, like, stayed in the alienage and she's sort of shunned in that way. But even the outsiders at the top are also, like, shunned in their own right. Yeah. But this act ends with the loss of Bethany... In the deep roads. Yes. For us. Because she has the, you know, the, uh, the taint. She's corrupted <laughs> she by the taint. And or she th- doesn't have a L'Oreal or whatever. It was Pantene. Pantene. She doesn't have her Pantene. <laughs> she didn't go, she didn't bring her makeup back. Um, <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, so we lose our sister. She's not dead. She doesn't, she didn't sister. die. She just went to the Grey Wardens. Yes. Um, and this yeah, also um, highlights another theme of loss. I would say that this entire game is a tragedy. Yeah. it's And we've sort of mentioned that. Yeah. But I, I definitely agree. Like it, like it, and it also goes, again, that trilogy, uh, like. Like three act structure. Three act structure where the second part is the lowest. Uh, not uh-huh. like in quad, but like the lowest in like uh, like the heroes lose. Yes, and um, the world is like kind of in shambles. Yeah, Where- but, which I I think we get I guess at the end of the second act because that's when our mother dies. Yeah, so I guess we can get there. Yeah, but like I would say that even even 
uh, we defeated uh, Meredith, mm-hmm. and we leave Kirkwall, and it, it seems happy because we defeated the Big Babber, but, like, this is now spread. This is spreading. Like, at the very end, you mean? Yeah, at the very end. Like, it, this is yeah. still a bad thing, because now it's ominous. No. Like It's not a happy ending. It's not a happy ending. This is a tragedy. Like we made it out of ground zero with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's up to Dragon Age Inquisition to make everything happy again. Right. Um, And at the end of Act 1, speaking of a tragedy-like structure, part of the tragedy structure in the sense of, like, you have this moral person who who falls into the depths of of whatever, um, this is sort of the, not high point, but even though Bethany is gone, this is where we rise to Hightown and we start becoming... A more of a respected person in society. Yeah, we get our um, pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> we get pajamas. <laughs> so even though we uh, we lost Bethany, that that was sort of like the price of Talia sort of uh, rising in the ranks. Yeah, which leads us to Act Two. Yeah, and Act Two, um, if I remember correctly, the mansion that we're living in is that the same mansion uh, that Talia's mother lived in, or is that a completely different mansion? It's supposed to be the same one. Okay. Because I remember her being like, I never thought I would be in the same home as I was a child, but owned by my child. It was like something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, like, I'm wondering if there's, like, a thematic thing there with it being in Act 2. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that that's sort of what tied the Hawk family to Kirkwall. Yeah. Is that the mom was from there. As far as tying it into the different themes of, say, uh, oppression, uh, to, to put them all into a single word, um, not that I can think of, mm-hmm. other than uh, her being disowned by her family. Yeah. But I... <laughs> that's, I... The, that's the best I could think of. Yeah. I will say the the main missions in Act Two that are like significant, mm-hmm. it would probably be the death of our mother. Yes. Um, the Kunari for sure. Right. Um, and isn't what other big event happened? So I'll read all the ones that I wrote. Um, so we have the poisonous barrels, right? This is like oh, our. Yes. We're we're catching back up with the Kunari after we talked about their gunpowder, and then they set up a decoy to be stolen, and we had to help them get it back. And this is sort of the start of our relationship with the Kunari, I think. We had, like, a very minor relationship with them, but this is really where it's, like, the Kunari start to respect Talia, yeah. I think. Um, and then we get to uh, Mother Patrice. <laughs> Mother Patrice. <laughs> And she kills the Viscount's son. Uh, and this is to frame the Kunari as well. So we're seeing the clash between, like, the Chantry and the Kunari here. Yes. And um, and it ends ultimately with the Kunari being defeated and Hawk becoming champion. Literally every last one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everyone. Like, they don't even leave. They die. Right. <laughs> they all fucking uh, die. And then in between those two things, we have the stuff with Mother, which in, uh, like, when you think of it sandwiched between those things, it feels kind of out of nowhere. 
The death of, if of you Leandra? Think, yeah, it like, d- it's not really tied to the rest of the main story. It do- like, it's really just, it, it's kind of, ran- it, I will agree with you, it's kind of random to place it in this specific mm. spot. Um, part of me feels like it should have been placed in Act 3. Okay. I feel like, because, so this murderer, was he in Act 1? Uh, he was. Okay. We were looking for the hand of Nanette. The hand of Nanette. Okay. And, and that was Act One. And, I feel, and then I feel like we. It wasn't have... until later on that we like. It wasn't until Act Two where we call back up and we're like, there have been more deaths and and they're not doing anything and that's where we really like engaged with it. I feel like it would have made sense for it to be in Act Three, and I'll tell you why. Because uh-huh. Act Three we have the military, the military, the military state. Yes. Um, and they're focused on mages. Okay. Which would allow them to not really pay attention to these murders, mm-hmm. then thus causing Leandra to get killed. I'm I'm wondering also regarding its placement in Act Three, hypothetically, if your mother dying at the hands of blood magic. Uh huh placing that after you've already sort of like chosen your side a little bit uh-huh. uh and just to skip ahead to act three for the sake of this hypothetical we have that that part where we it starts with us in a in a group of people and we have to say whether we agree with orsino or meredith and so after having potentially agreed with orsino to then lose your mother at the hands of blood magic that might possibly feel more relevant to the main story than yes. if she died beforehand and now you've had three years to grieve mm-hmm. and and think of it as opposed to like the emotion of your mother dying and now that impacting how yeah. you see the situation at large you know like it would have been uh, it would have made that storyline in act three juicier yeah because even though your mother did die at the hands of a blood mage you're not really thinking of it within the context of the mages versus the templars yeah Whereas I think you would more if it was an act three. And it might also be more affecting when Meredith shoves it in your face too. Exactly. Because then Meredith is like, you lost your mother. How could you be like this? But at that point, you're like, you're three years out and you've had time to grieve. Yeah. Like if if Meredith threw it in your face and it's only been like, what, a couple of days? You know (laughs) how much of a sting that would be? And it's like, maybe you're right. You know, like you might be more... uh, I guess inclined. not willing, but more inclined. Yeah, more uh, hurt by magic to to think like you know what this is wrong. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, you've had enough time to rationalize out the emotion and think like you know it's this man, it's not magic itself, and all that. Well, like imagine this. Like you, then that's a really heavy act three because not only <laughs> does your mother die from yeah. blood magic. You have your boyfriend explode a train tree and kill <laughs> yeah. millions of people if you ever choose to go with Anders right. as your companion. Right. But he's still well as your Well, no, uh, Anders lover. has to be there, but yeah. as your romance option. As your romance option. But even so, yeah. he is one of your companions. And so to have a companion of yours cause mm-hmm. a giant explosion shortly after your mother has been killed by blood. Like magic, right after your mother died. Yeah. It would make you inclined to pick the Meredith side. Right, it's like, look at all these, like, this destruction. Yeah, totally. Um, But to go back to Act 2, actually, to go all the way back to Act 1, since we're talking about uh, searching for the killer. Mm -hmm. So, that mission where we find Nanette's hand, 
that is a secondary quest in Act One, so that is not required. Oh, um, so you might not even have that like backstory to this mission. Um, but uh, yeah, so we do uh, have in addition, like wrapped in this mother dying stuff. Uh-huh. We also have that mission where we have to find the serial killer, and we find Gascard Dupuis, and he's like. I am trying to lure the killer. (laughs) (laughs) Which also kind of feels like, obviously it's tied to the mom Mm -hmm. dying, but it's not really tied to anything else either, other than him also being a blood mage. Like it just it it does feel rather disjointed. It feels like it it, it shouldn't have been in that. I feel like act two should have gone more through the uh, Kunari, the tensions with the Kunari. I feel like there should have been more tension in act two uh, with mm-hmm. Kunari and other parts of the uh, either maybe the 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 mage situation starting yeah. to come up a little bit more to the surface, yeah. because Act Two should have been about tensions rising, right? And Act Three would be the result, like it, it about to burst. And we also had that mission where there was like a rally. And there's like a lynching of Kunari. That was also Act Two. Oh wow! And that's where Sister Patrice was like, "Look who I have with me." <laughs> that was that mission. Yeah. And so that was another like Templar mission, but it was Templar and Kunari. You know. Yeah. So would you say that like the like Act Two theming was like tension, uh, rising like tension? Boiling. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely. There's different ways to look at it because you have the tragedy structure and then you also have it with regards to society as opposed to with regard to Talia. Uh Like with regard to Talia throughout act two, she's sort of building respect for herself. Uh Like she, as the act progresses, becomes the Viscount's like main person when it comes to Kunari relations. And, And that ultimately ends with her. Uh, becoming the champion in the very end. Uh, but if you consider the societal stuff, uh, it's almost all focused on Kunari, except for the stint of blood magic with your mom yeah. being murdered. Um, I can't think of anything like slave-related. That I feel like everything involving slavers was mostly side quests. And it was mostly only about... Uh, uh, Fenris. Fenris. Yeah. Like, in the first one, we met Fenris, we saved Fanriel from slavers, and slavers were occupying the estate Mm -hmm. when we, like, broke in and stole the will. And I feel like slavers are always kind of around, but I don't think there were any major story beats involving slavery. They never really added a significant, uh, just part of the storyline. They're mainly just a side plot. To them, like yeah. if, if they were able to put them within the plot, like the main plot of the story, yeah. I think it would have added a lot to the Kirkwall overall. Just yeah, I mean, like you said, it looms over everything. Like the statues are there; it like defines the societal structure of Kirkwall. Yeah. So I guess in a sense, it's always there because <laughs> <laughs> you're always reminded. Because it's why Kirkwall is the way it is. Yeah. You know. But yeah, the act two, as we said, uh, it ends with Isabella running away with the relic. Mm-hmm. 
which is a main mission, but it's like an optional main mission. Um, because if you don't do that mission, she'll just run away anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the rebellion where the Aeroshock uh, starts killing all the guards and they take over the Viscount's keep and you're introduced formally to Orsino and Meredith. Uh, and then you all work together against a bigger threat and uh, you end up killing the Aeroshock. Now, something just just came into my mind. Something just came to mind. So, necessarily, uh, Talia is part Kirkwally and whatever you would call it. Yeah. Um, From her mom's do th- side. Yeah. Do you think that's probably why she's... It, may, it was easier for her to assimilate to that society. And that it's funny enough that all her other friends are outsiders so she's a little bit of both she can she is yeah. part of kirkwall through her mother's side but she's an outsider because of her father and she's that middle yeah. ground between both worlds where she can and like her her heritage is both in the same way that the way the people see her is both like they still respect her but then they also see her as an outsider yeah they respect her as a part as like an important part of their world yeah Whereas the rest of her companions, other than Aveline and Varric, are just total outcasts. The total outcasts, which I feel like she's like why she's a good protagonist because she mm-hmm. uh, she's that middle ground between both sides. She could be part of yeah. the mainstream, uh, like those in power in Kirkwall, but she could also communicate with the outsiders in the lower class because she's yeah. been there. And she also, um, in that same vein, she also has the choice of, like, sympathizing oh. with the Templars or the Mages. Exactly. exactly. So Talia's, it, it's it's always about, like, uh, being the bridge with Talia. Yeah, and then, she, basically, this whole game is, like, you have to choose a side. There's no... And then she's forced, She's yeah. forced to choose. There's no middle ground. Like, her entire, like, storyline, she tries... Mm-hmm. She's built to be the middle ground, but then she ha- its tensions grow so high that there is po- there is no possible way that she can be. So she has to either choose yeah. one or the other, and that goes also with um, what's it called with your siblings? You have one sibling yeah. that's more towards you know the Kirkwall side with Carver, mm-hmm. if you have Carver, and then Bethany, poor Bethany over here. <laughs> is an apostate mage. You mean more towards the Chantry side? Yeah, more towards like the Chantry. The yes, side. more towards yeah. the Chantry side. Yeah, but with cover. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense for sure. And then Talia again is sort of the middle person. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And something I remember from the ending of Act Two when we first met Orsino and Meredith, and they're kind of working together, but they're disagreeing on how we should go about it. Yeah. Um. I remember. When we first met Orsino, he was grieving that the mages died uh, against the Kunari, and he was like the only one left after we came in. Uh huh. And I remember that they died protecting the Chantry. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember him saying something about like how they died protecting the Chantry, despite like and Meredith like not really paying respects for the fact that they're like upholding her. And uh, because she she views them as um, either dangerous or um, just uh, inferior. Yeah, it's like, well, this is what you should do. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is sort of 
so I guess this is where the Kunari stuff ties with the Blood Mage stuff. Whereas with the mother, with Leandra's death, it was more of its own bubble. Mm -hmm. This is much more like you're seeing, you're literally seeing Orsino and Meredith interacting with the plight of of uh, this Kunari rebellion and taking part in the resolution. Mm -hmm. And this is like a very obvious lead into Act 3. Because once you get there, they're the, the central two characters, despite like not really being in the game yeah. the entire time up until that. Yeah. So Which is also a very interesting choice. It's I guess yeah, that would be the connection. Because they're really not in the game until the end. The 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 mages? No, I mean Orsino and Meredith. Orsino. Like oh, oh no, because literally the we hear the rumblings of Meredith throughout the yes. game. But she doesn't really mm -hmm. come into a head until like the end of Act Two, and then she's like the main, her and Orsino like the main uh, two of the uh, of the third act. Yeah, because Act Two you interact a lot with the Viscount, and he's sort of like the authority. Yeah, because he's the person driving a lot of the Kunari relationship storyline. Yeah, and it's not until he dies, and then the Mage Templar stuff comes to light not to light but becomes the focal point and now it's like all right now Arsino and meredith are driving the yeah. plot and then i guess in act one it was you could say it's like varick driving it yeah. varick and bartrand with the expedition yeah so and it's interesting and even that the, even, it differs each time i will even say there it was a good idea to kill off the uh the viscount at mm. that moment in time because then the viscount just like tali was like the middle ground he he didn't yeah. want he didn't want conflict, right? Because I I do remember him. He's he's sort of like the grand cleric in that way, mm -hmm. where he sort of wants to keep everyone just yeah. humdrum going yeah. around their lives, and whereas it, the other or you know Meredith are super uh, partisan. Yeah, well, I think you look at yeah because you look at um just even each side was trying to start shit with each other yeah during the even with the viscount in charge we have uh sister patrice actively <laughs> trying to freaking frame the kunari yes as as like just bad people and then yeah. um well orsino was just being an asshole and giving forbidden books to a psychopath <laughs> but <laughs> yeah that's interesting that you mention it we never really saw patrice interact with the blood mage story mm -hmm. we only ever saw her with regard to kunari storylines uh-huh I, I which is why i would have loved her in act three because you kind of know what she would have been yeah. like but we never really saw her in l engage with that conflict like i act two in my mind how i would have written how i would have written the end of act two it should have been sister patricia sister patricia should have killed the grand cleric herself i know in act two like, she should have killed her and blamed or it on three. the Kunari. Because she already killed Seamus. She could have killed both, Seamus and Oh, boy. Her. And so she could become, you know, Grand Cleric. So you want her to be Grand Cleric in Act 3? Grand Cleric in Act 3, because then every power structure is the extreme. Mm -hmm. But I, I like that the Grand Cleric isn't extreme in Act 3. Because I think you need it that makes one person. 
yeah, I like that there's still some sort of authority trying to keep the peace. And then you have Anders doing what he did. And it's more of a victim being harmed when the Chantry explodes because it's a character. uh, Well, one of many characters. There's a lot of nameless people also in there. But the main person we know to have died in that is someone that we knew was in some ways sympathetic to the mages. That's true. You're right. You're right. Because then it would have been like, we already have this these warring factions, and the only thing really holding them back is the Grand Cleric being like the voice of reason. And both of them were like, Orsino was seeking the Grand Cleric, like, let's get her involved. Yeah. And Meredith is like, you fucking, don't you dare. And, yeah, and then like, honestly, Meredith should have been uh, happy that, mm-hmm. that the, the Grand Cleric was killed in the Chanchi bombing. It gave her all the reason to go forward uh, with her freaking uh, genocidal ways. Right of annulment. Uh, so we're we're kind of getting ahead. Let's talk. Let's frame Act Three with all the different important things that happened. So Act Two ends. We become the champion. Yes. We're in our mansion. We're rich. We're lavish. <laughs> we're in love with Anders. It's all going great. Mm-hmm. Um. As far as main mission goes, uh, Anders planting stuff in the Chantry is not a main mission. Uh, You don't have to do that. And if you don't, the bomb's just still there anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I assume he did it himself, uh, like, without you. But um, as far as main missions go, it starts off with Meredith and Arsino arguing uh, in Hightown, and you have the opportunity to to jump in and either say they're both being ridiculous or side with a specific one. Yeah. We side with Orsino. Mm-hmm. Um, you have that mission where you have to find the three apostates, the man child, the, uh, the woman who wants to protect her children. And the very young elf looking man. Who kills his wife. Yes. And then uh, from then on, the only other main missions, I believe, are the one with the group of Templars and mages that don't like Meredith that kidnap Bethany. Uh-huh. Um, and then Andrew's destroying the Chantry and, uh, the war. Yeah. And then everything else surrounding that are the last, um, missions or the the ending of the arcs for each of your companions, except for, um, uh, Isabella because she left us. (laughs) Yes. Except for Isabella. I don't even know how that ends. (laughs) (laughs) And Sebastian, who honestly is not that important. Um, Well, Sebastian's his story ends with him wanting to reclaim his land to get back at Anders. That's I guess. true. So I guess that's the end of his arc. Yeah. So ultimately, I guess he chooses. Well, since we're since we're talking about Sebastian, I feel like his whole story was like, do I choose the Chantry or do I want my land back? Mm-hmm. And then at, by the end, he's like, I can have both. I'm going to get my land and then kill you in the name of the Chantry. It's like, I, it's like, I can have my cake and eat it too. <laughs> yes. Um, and I would say, I'm trying to think of like how to tie all the storylines of each of the companions together that matches yeah. what the through line of the entire game is. Yeah. Because... Um, Really, like, Varric's storyline is mainly dealing with, you know, Bartrand. Yeah, I feel like he took a big backseat after Act 1. Yeah. Like, he was, like, the driving force in Act 1. And then, like, and then by Act 2 and 3, it's like, 
It's just like, like uh, well, like his main mission act two was it going into the house and seeing the the idol or, uh, or no, or finding Bartrand who was cuckoo crazy. Act two. Right. That's where we find him cuckoo crazy. Yeah. And then then act three is when it's haunted. It's haunted and he has the the piece. So really his storyline is, is mainly just the, the epilogue of the expedition. Right, which is why it feels so. Uh, it doesn't it feel feels so irrelevant to me. It, it doesn't feel complete to me. I feel everything. Like, I feel like Varric himself, even though I like Varric a lot, I feel like he himself didn't really get an arc. Yeah, it's like as soon as the expedition ends, his story ends, and then everything after that, like you said, it's an epilogue to that. Yeah, it's not. It's not an arc for Varric himself, yeah. almost, other than like wanting to save Bartrand using the idol. Yeah. Which doesn't even happen if he's not alive. Uh because he could also die. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I feel like the 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 companions with the strongest arcs with a clear arc yeah. are Fenris and mm-hmm. Meryl. They have a clear arc. Not Anders? A- Anders too, but Anders is more of a main storyline. You're line. considering that part of the main. Yeah, I'm considering that part of the plot. main because Anders is closely tied to the main plot. Yeah. That's true. Um, while Meryl and Fenris are kind of like off to the side, while like Fenris yeah. is mainly dealing with his past and, uh, you know, right, you know, coming to terms and, with his past. Yeah, and Fenris has always escalated. It was like you started where you met him, and they were trying to find him, and it was just like random people. And then Act Two was like his second in command, and she's like, "You have a sister." And Act Three is like the literal <laughs> person who used to own you and your sister. It's sort of escalated through the years yeah and then meryl's i will say is the strongest of the companion arcs i agree yeah um whereas you know she starts off with like this i want to finish the alluvian because i'm fucking crazy (laughs) and and, Uh uh-huh and really just her growth she has the most character growth out of everyone she starts off with this one thing and she's like i want to do this to preserve my you know my culture and you know yeah. Just the past. Because I feel like she wants to be, in my mind, she wanted to be, she wanted to please the, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? The Keeper? The Keeper. Because she was very close with the Keeper. Right. Um, but the Keeper just didn't want her to do this because like, you can't go into this, blah, 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 blah. She's like, I want to do it because I want to prove my, she wanted to prove herself. Yeah. Something interesting that I'm thinking of, even though Meryl was a blood mage, obviously, I feel like... Part of her story was to show a, like, a good-natured attempt at blood dabbling in blood magic. Yeah. Like, she dabbles in blood magic, but it's for some sort of greater purpose. Like, she wants to restore the history of her people. Yeah. Um, As opposed to just, like, raw ambition and power. Yeah. I feel like her story potentially is... Uh, plays a role in trying to uh, make everything not so black and white yeah. when it comes to blood magic. That is true. That is true. And where it usually and en- where it does end up, where she kind of just like I, she breaks the Alluvian, mm-hmm. but she wants she she finds another way to preserve her culture. It's like you could still research your culture and go forward, right? Without you know being fucking crazy. I'm curious to know. Um, 
is like as I must assume there's an ending where she doesn't break the alluvian, right? Yeah, I'm wondering if like where she does eventually. It's like I completed the alluvian, and he, right. and here's Morrigan who just came out of it. Um, I'm curious. I I she might always break it. Really? Or I don't know. I'll look it up later. We can talk about it next time. Okay. We'll we'll bring it to our next episode. That is more focused on the characters. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So really, there's much more. Like Fenris and Meryl have more of a a growing, like a growth, a coming of age kind totally. of thing, or dealing with mm-hmm. your past. Uh, they actually both have to deal with past. Fenris dealing with his own personal past, and Meryl trying to restore the past. That's interesting. Glory yeah, of uh, the Dalish elves. Yeah, although Meryl's plight is rooted in the present, yeah. but her motivations have to do with the past, I guess. Yes. Um. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I feel like Aveline's story. Um, it's more of a story about kind of what we said, like an outsider trying to integrate with the power structure uh-huh. of the the city and. But getting like pushback along the way. Yeah. Um, I mean, didn't she? The, have except to... for Act Two. Didn't... Like in Act Two, it was yeah. just like I like a guy. Yeah, well, well, was it Act One where we had to find proof that the original uh, leader of the guards was an asshole or was doing something wrong? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was when we found out he was uh, corrupt. Yeah. And then overtook his spot. And then, but then you know what she did? She became corrupt. In Act Two, yes, she she became uh, uh, drunk with power drunk. and started to mess with the schedules so that she could work with a guy she liked. <laughs> How fucking awful is that? That is, I can't, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I still, I like, I we joke about it, but like, I can't believe that was in this video game. <laughs> and then le- allowed him to be beaten in the streets. See, he's, just to prove a he's point, dead, and I'm not coddling. <laughs> But all of that is to say that uh, we end with this conflict with Anders uh, blowing up the Chantry, killing the Grand Cleric, and starting this war where we have to choose sides. Yes, so that's like, I would say that's the part of the game where, like, your decision just, you know, is a great effect on what's to come. Right. And I, I, I kind of like that you don't, um, there's no ability to choose a middle ground. Mm-hmm. Like you have to side with one of the sides. I think it, uh, I mean, it differs from Origins in the sense that I feel like in Origins there was a happy ending. Yes. Or, or of what I mean by that is of the endings, there are happy resolutions to pretty much most of them. Yeah. Uh, whereas with Dragon Age 2, especially in this moment, you have to choose one side, but neither of them are necessarily like the correct side. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, morally, you could say one of them is the correct side. But what I mean is that there's no happy way to resolve it. I mean, honestly, if you really look at Origins, if we go back to Origins, a lot of the missions in each section that we go to... Mm-hmm. um is us kind of writing the wrong like re- yeah writing the wrongs of what's yeah. happened to those societies even though we fucked up Orzammar even worse than we thought <laughs> um right what, and but it it still leaves Ferelden in a much better place than it was before oh for sure very what, much <laughs> and and here it's more like 
it's going to get ugly no matter what side you pick. And yeah. And there's no, the fact there's no middle ground to it just shows how serious the situation is. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if Origins was a Pixar movie, it would end with all the races together in one place being like, and now we live happily in I, one, you know, like <laughs> that would be Origins. Like it would be, it would end like a big uh, dance sequence and everyone would be like, yay. And, and like everyone's living together in harmony. And then like, uh, <laughs> uh, Dragon Age 2 is all like just a sad <laughs> I mean drag- so Dragon Age 2 this is a city where they all live together it's it's not in harmony though it's not <laughs> this in harmony. is the, the worst version of that yeah well technically in Ferelden they're living separately but in the same country yeah Right, that they're in like separate societies. Yeah, but it's all the same land. It's all the same country. Yeah, and then like Kirkwall, they're all together. <laughs> yes, I actually. So I need to find something that I a listener shared in the spoiler channel of our Discord in shamacast.com/discord. Oh, uh, Champion of Thetis oh. is the user, and I thought this would be interesting to mention. Uh, and I didn't want to forget because Manny, you always say that Kirkwall is built on a hellmouth. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is what they had to say. They said uh, that they're amused by your assertions of this because it actually is built on a hellmouth, kind of. Oh my god! Because uh, what what they say here is that the lore states that Kirkwall was built as part of a giant blood magic ritual, where uh, the design of the city is equal to the patterns of, like, the spell that they were trying to concoct. <laughs> and that it was designed to be, like, a big, like, blood magic sigil, basically. You know what? Makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> so we're, we're literally roaming the streets of, like, a demonic... Uh, <laughs> this, this, is a, this, is, this is unholy ground. This is like, like, did you ever notice that Boston is shaped like a pentagram? Like that one, that's like what this is. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's like, it's like uh, if Kirkwall was a hidden Mickey, but it's a hidden demon. It's the shape. <laughs> it's like when you go to um, Hollywood Studios in Disney World, part of the map is a hidden Mickey. Well, here the entire city is a hidden spell. <laughs> that's fucking fucked up. But it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so uh, that that kind of like frames everything, doesn't it? <laughs> it does frame how how terrible everything is. Yes. Um. But then the game ends, and it ends with us leaving Kirkwall. We make it out with the skin of our teeth. Mm-hmm. By the skin of our teeth, all of our companions go their separate ways, and we're on the run. And this mage ensues, like you said, not the happy ending. Not the you happy ending. It's not the happy origin. ending. It's just the typical three, the trilogy structure. Mm-hmm. Where the second the second game is very dark, third game third game third story is gonna be so heroic. We're gonna defeat <laughs> the villains. It's gonna be a happy ending, and then the fourth game is just you know unnecessary. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> the, I'm telling you right, Dragon Age Four. Don't get your hopes up. Give me the shittiest storyline, <laughs> Manny. Don't say that. It's, uh, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. Because um, this could be like Harry Potter, where it has multiple, has seven entries. 
Right. It does. I mean, I, I agree that it would make sense for this to be a trilogy structure. Mm-hmm. But I think it will probably go the way of... Um, I can't think of a good example, but where like the trilogy structure and then it just has like the expanded upon story oh, where like tr- th- rather than it being like a like a like a format trilogy, it just continues to expand, you know, uh, I'm trying without it being like a like a dip in, uh, in quality scope or quality like like I. Th- we don't necessarily. I won't say Star Wars because Star Wars is a trilogy of trilogies, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, like even though they're all technically in the same, they're all the same saga. Yes. Each of the movies of each three movies are a self-contained story, so it, it won't necessarily end up like that. Um, I don't yeah. think there is necessarily a franchise where it starts off as a trilogy but as it goes on the quality mm-hmm. is still it like it, it still has the same scope i you know what no um avengers yeah that's fair uh so it's like the mcu even though we have th- it it's very confusing there's three avengers <laughs> four avengers movies and the the dragon age books are the are the marvel shows are the marvel shows <laughs> there you go so dragon age is going to be the mcu it yes. technically is it technically is because there's a different character for each movie and, yeah. and the same so, characters show up in it's some much the, like the mcu it's 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 called so you know what then it's going to be successful it's going to be the most successful thing and the dlc is the end credit scenes <laughs> the dlc is the end credit scenes like what's going to happen yeah. next <laughs> so with all of that being said manny what we've kind of already mentioned this but do you have any predictions for what's to come okay so here we go okay this whole mage versus templar thing is gonna end in the next game it will end there. it's gonna end in the next it will game. end there the do you think I, I this is more of a yes or no question do you think it will be the main plot yes it will be the main okay. plot. If mm-hmm. it's not the main plot, then I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I, I'm i going to tie this in um, like another video game series that has a trilogy. Okay. Um, but even though it's still going on Kingdom Hearts. I, I knew it was Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Say, the numbered games have the same fucking through line, but there's some crazy shit that's going to happen in the next one. So okay. it's gonna it's gonna end here. That storyline's gonna end here. Dragon Age is a little bit more coherent. It is more coherent. There's no <laughs> random shit that goes on. There's no Dragon Age twenty five over six days. I don't. It's like well, you would have known that there was time travel if you played this. If you watched the Stolen Throne, if you, Stolen if, Throne. If you read you Stolen Throne, you're gonna have no. You would have understand where the dinosaurs came in if you've listened <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I see what you mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it's gonna end here. There's gonna be some parts where it's like, like again, I w- actually I won't get that into Kingdom Hearts, but like it'll be like, oh, yeah, we're no, dealing we don't with, want spoilers. We're dealing with this storyline, but then there's gonna be like mumber, like little whispers of what is gonna of, come, like what's like, to come, like what I'm telling you that stupid that fucking wolf thing. I know it's something. I know it's something <laughs> significant. Do you, uh, do you even remember the entirety of the hashtag? Uh, the hashtag is um, 
Oh God, what is it now? I've totally forgotten. I, I it's better if you if you don't remember, <laughs> which is why I'm asking because I'm curious. <laughs> uh, it's, I know you know the Cheetos. I know I know the 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 flaming Cheetos in the Dragon Age <laughs> the flaming hot Cheetos. Uh, the hot Cheetos. <laughs> um, I know it's it's definitely gonna okay. So after this mage and thing this mage and templar situation has been dealt with a, a powerful something close to the blight will start happening and okay. that's what uh sandal has mentioned with the magic okay. coming back the magic will begin to come back in dragon age inquisition okay and then it, it won't be significant but it will be mm-hmm. noticeable what about what Flemeth said? Because she also had like a prophetic. Oh, like, what, what did Flemeth said again? Um, she said we're on the precipice of change. I remember that one. She said uh, to leap when you have the chance to jump into the abyss or something like that. There's going to be an abyss in Dragon Age Inquisition. A big hole. <laughs> um, no, so there's um, there's definitely it, the the rumblings are going to be there. The little the magic returning is going to be part of Dragon Age Inquisition, but it's not going to be the main driving okay. force. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be this Templar versus Mage thing. It will be finished. Yeah. It will be dealt with, and mm-hmm. then w- with some probably some consequences that are still to be f- will feel the effects yeah. within the next couple of games. Because you know it's not mm-hmm. like oh we kill this one person or. This war happens and it's over that, oh, it's never going to come up ever again. It's still going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be like a hard cut. Yeah, it's not like, like, oh, we're done with this. Now the Templars and the Mages, they're done. They're they're, they're friends again. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're going to feel the effects of whatever happens. I don't know. Reform. Yeah. I I do not know (laughs) what it's going to be. Like, I I do not know what the Inquisition is. What the hell? All, All I know about Inquisition is that there was a Spanish Inquisition that was bad. So I don't yes. expect this to be good either. <laughs> um, yeah, I will. Um, no, I won't say anything. Don't say anything. Now I will say <laughs> that I do predict that Dragon Age Inquisition mm-hmm. will take place either in Orlay or uh-huh. Ferelden, and the reason okay. why is because one, we're never fucking coming back to Kirkwall ever again <laughs> um it's already sucks as much as it uh. we've done everything there is to do there I mean, there's no there, there's we there's no stone left unturned there it, it has <laughs> nothing to contribute uh, the, the slave statues that have literally animated and come out of their place that that, that place is going to crumble it's, <laughs> it's done the supports so that so <laughs> people better just start moving now um <laughs> i think because as a typical trilogy structure Mm -hmm. the third movie always ties back to the first one in some sort of way even though the third one continues the storyline of the second of the second one there is an aspect of the first movie or Mm -hmm. first story that uh is taken so like the first game will have more direct correlation to inquisition yes the first game. I would two. say more characters from the first game will appear in the third game. With Yeah, this one we only got like three. Yeah. We, we got like Severin, Alistair, and Liliana, Anders, I guess you can count him. And um, uh, like, what's her it. face? Um, oh, God. Why, why am oh, I Flemeth. forgetting uh, her name? Flemeth. Flemeth, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I say that they will have a bigger part in the in Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Um with possibly like little cameos from the Dragon Age 2 characters be like, "Oh, we're here too." This is like the third one's like bringing it all together. We're bringing right. everything together in, in one package. What Dragon Age 2 characters would you think Varric here? Varric I think is coming back. Why Varric? I I feel like he was such a big part of two that it would be a shame that he's only in one game. Especially, I think, especially since he's the narrator of two, uh-huh. he's clearly like involved in the through line. Yes. You know, in the through line plot. So I think that makes sense. Uh, Anders, since he was a big part of the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say the companions are probably not, the companions are probably not coming back. Yeah. Um, since they weren't, so t- even like Aveline, I don't expect Aveline to come back. Um, I I wouldn't think so. Um, did Aveline leave Kirkwall? I, I mean, they said everyone did. Yeah, but like, did she just leave the guards and all that? I guess I don't know. I, don't but know. I would expect Varric definitely Varric and Anders to to come back because they had yeah. a, a much more direct part in the story. I don't think mm-hmm. um like Cassandra will come back. Since she's that well, yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because she's sort of the the main, yeah, the point between this game and whatever's coming next. Yes, um, so the others definitely not coming back. Meryl's probably gonna be like doing some crazy shit in the woods out there, not necessarily important. <laughs> um, and then Fenris is sulking somewhere, and then yeah, and then, maybe Sebastian will find his army. I don't know. Yeah, and so it's. It's, you know, they're, they have no connection to the main plot at large. They're just, they were just there yeah. for the, for the fun of it. While Varric right. and, and Anders were main contributors to the storyline. Um, that makes sense. So I would expect them to come back. Uh, Alistair probably be a bigger part. Um, I expect Morgan to come back because her storyline has not finished. Just totally It's totally off in the fucking As air. soon as Origins ended. Um, Liliana <laughs> will definitely come back. She's already been in one and two. She was already she in not, the end. How could she not be in of, three? She was in the end of two, so she clearly is has like a larger role. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's what I expect with, from Inquisition. Uh, in, in short, end of this... Templar Mage plotline setting up the next couple of games plotline mm-hmm. and bring together key characters from the first and second game for yeah. the finale of this storyline. <laughs> and um, Or at least the third part of it. The third part of it. And uh yeah, that's what I expect. And I'm excited right. to see. And we're gonna play it on the PlayStation 5. We are. We are recording this after the PlayStation 5 has already been released. It's been like three days. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I've been having great fun. It's been so nice. Making sure to edit in between it all. Yeah. Sadly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just want to keep playing it. Yeah. But I'm still being responsible. Um, but it's going to be... It's, it's, it's fun and I can't wait to start this new journey into this new story i'm excited to start this new we just story. have a few more dlc to get through but, we do but then but then inquisition is it's coming it's coming all right uh that's all i think there is to say for today i think so we do have another episode next not next week in two weeks in two weeks in two weeks yes. welcome, every other week for this yeah welcome to uh, the hiatus period. schedule um 
But you can find us at EnchantmentCast on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at EnchantmentPodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Patreon, EnchantmentCast.com slash Patreon, where for $1 a month, you can find found footage of us playing the Dragon Age games. And for $5 a month, you can find bonus episodes of Enchantment, where we play other games in this style uh, like the beginnings of them. Yeah. Uh, with the latest one being Detroit Become Human. Yes. And uh, you can find us on Discord, which is mentioned in this episode, enchantmentcast.com slash Discord to share your thoughts about the show and of Dragon Age. Uh, but make sure to ask for the spoiler safe role if you want to talk about stuff we haven't gotten to yet yeah. in the episodes. And yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Oh, and shamancast.com slash Apple to rate and review us there or uh, rate and review us wherever you listen to us. Yep. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. Yes. There's no Rex this week. I think we're good. We're good with Rex. Buy the PlayStation 5. It's fun. Oh, yeah. You should buy the PlayStation 5. I'll put that up. I'll put Miles if, Morales. If it's ever available. Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put those two. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, and... Uh, PlayStation 5. But if you want an Xbox that, Series good. X, go ahead. I'm not judging you. Dude, that works too. Yes. I'm not going to judge yes. you. I'm just saying that I don't like my consoles to be boxy. So. <laughs> really? Manny? Are you fucking kidding me? I just, I do don't love the game. Don't give me that cube. bullshit. I was about to say, you, you love the game. <laughs> I, well, I'll just say I'm a Sony, uh, Sony Nintendo uh, loyalist. Yeah. I can't. I played. I can't, xbox 360 a lot because my brother had one and i had a playstation 3 at the same time uh but since then he stopped playing video games and i continued so uh sony we are yep sony we are i love uh the japanese consoles yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah that's all we have for today yeah and we look forward to uh, continuing. Next time, we're going to be doing a bracket of the characters and at the same time, just sort of talk through um, their individual stories yes. as we rate them. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I love eliminating characters <laughs> and, and judging them. <laughs> yes. And then uh, following that, we're going to dive into the DLC and the books. Yes. And the movie. Yes. And during our time off in between weeks... Uh, in addition to working on that, we are going to be playing Dragon Age Inquisition in the background uh, so that we can prepare for the next full season. Oh, oh my God. I'm so fucking excited. Me too. I am so pumped. You have no idea how pumped I am for this. I'm also just so pumped to be done with the PS3. I, I just oh, want to leave the PS3 in the past where it belongs. Or it's like, you don't deserve the love anymore, PS3. You're You're old. Astro's Playroom is calling it an artifact, and we're still out here trying to deal with it with modern technology. I mean, for freaking sake, the PS4 is considered an artifact in Astro's Playroom. That's, Astro's how, behind, Playroom, that's how behind we are. Astro's Playroom has the same thought patterns as me. It's like, it's already outdated. <laughs> 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 all right. But with all that being said, um, I'm Brandon. And I'm Manny. And this has been Enchantment. And enjoy the rest of your stay at Disney's Magic Kingdom.